Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Biden is putting in place a new rule that would literally penalize you for having a good credit score. This is insane. I'm not surprised, though. This is equity, right? This is comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. If you paid back your student loan, F you. If you were responsible with credit and you're trying to buy a home, F you. Oh, you're a female athlete? F you. Oh, you immigrated to this country legally? You did everything right? F you. This is where we are. You're going to get penalized for having good credit and rewarded for not. Why do anything right in this society? Why do anything legally in this society? All the rewards are going to the people who cheat, who steal, who jump the border, who can't make it in men's sports. Right? Oh, you're 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 the 544th ranked swimmer in men's swimming. Well, just grow your hair out. Change your name. And now you get to be number one. Oh, you didn't you didn't feel like paying back your student loan because you were busy finding yourself? <laughs> yeah, I just you know, I just I don't know, I was holding out for a management position. Oh, you were? Man, you know, I don't know, I feel like a square. I feel like a goody goody. Why should we get up in the morning and work hard? Why should we do anything? To benefit ourselves. I think I think the best thing you could do right now is become a junkie and lay in the street in a pile of your own filth. Because why should you do anything? Why should you try to accomplish anything? Why take 695 Patriot 9572874? So this is the new rule. That there's literally going to be a benefit to having bad credit and a penalty for having good credit. You know, I bought, I had a way, I was, I bought my first house in 2008. I didn't buy my first new car till I was about 30 years old. And I was about 36 when I got my, my house. I'm still in the house. You know, I remember when my wife and I bought it, we were like, people were like, oh, it's a starter house, it's a starter house. We don't live in a very big house. We live on a lake. I mean, it's not a, a teeny tiny house, but it's, Certainly not, you know, it's not a mansion by, by, by any stretch of the imagination. And we've just kind of become comfortable there. But, you know, my wife and I, we saved. You know, I went seven years without a vacation. And I don't mean taking time off of work. I mean getting on a plane and going somewhere. We didn't have brand new cars. I mean, as a matter of fact, until, uh, until we had our first, our first child, My wife was driving a 1998 Volkswagen Beetle. We were responsible. Our eye on the prize was having the down payment to buy a home, which is the story of millions of Americans. That if you want something, sometimes you have to defer your satisfaction. This is a lesson I'm teaching my oldest daughter right now. She's 13 years old. We got her the, uh, the teenage you know, debit card, bank account. 
She's been saving money that she's been earning. And I remember I told her, I said, you know, if I said, if you save X amount of dollars, daddy will match it. So I was like, be responsible with your money. And she did. And she's she's been she's been earning earning money, you know, saving money, learning the value of a dollar. This is a lesson my father taught me. My father, before he was a small business owner, was an accountant. And my dad was a my dad was a minutia guy. I'm not a minutia guy. I'm a big picture guy. Like, you know, it, I, I'll never forget I was at the last rock station I worked at, and I was bouncing back and forth between WABC and Radio 104 in Hartford, and my dad called the hotline. He's like, did you pay your insurance bill? I'm like, what? I don't know. He's like, well, it's, it's due. You have to pay your insurance. And I don't know why my dad knew when my insurance was due, but he knew, and he was calling me in the middle of my workday to, like, bug me about it. Because my dad was a, you know, was a, a you-pay-the-bill-on-time guy. My dad enjoyed reading a prospectus if he was making an investment. Like he enjoyed charts and graphs and numbers and he lived for that crap. I was, I, my big focus was on my radio career. And if it meant I paid a late fee on my auto insurance bill or whatever it was, there was some things that, you know, just, I was not detail oriented at that time. But that was my dad's life lesson. The value of a dollar. Being responsible. My dad had this weird thing. He paid for everything with cash. Because he said, he used to say it means something when you count out that money. Right? He used to say a credit card's not magic money. You got to count it out. Now, not, you know, when he bought a car. And even then, he would sometimes, he would go to the auto auction. And he'd, he'd bring his checkbook. He didn't like car payments. Because, you know, this razzle-dazzle, well, this car will only cost you a couple hundred dollars a month. And sometimes my, my, even my wife, sometimes my wife and kids think I'm being cheap. It's not that I'm being cheap. I'll always say to them, I'll say to my daughter, saving money's not being cheap. Saving money's not being cheap. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you see the hot trend thing and you want it right now. I said, well, wait a couple weeks, you know, <laughs> wait a couple weeks, there'll be a sale. But I got to have it now. Wait a couple weeks. There'll be a sale. Right? I'm telling my kids, don't worry, there'll be a sale. Memorial Day is coming up. There's always a sale on Memorial Day. You know, calm down. These are life lessons. And we actually have people in this country that call that a point of privilege if you actually had good parents. You're supposed to be ashamed. You're always supposed to be the victim. Oh, my parents didn't teach me any life lessons. My parents weren't perfectly supportive of me. Oh, oh, give me points for being a victim. Literally, the Democrats are screwing everyone who is hardworking and responsible. Winesick 695 Patriot 9572874. Looking right here at homebuyer.com. What is the $25,000 down payment toward equity act? Explain. First-time homebuyers may be eligible to receive a $25,000 cash grant to purchase a new home. The Down Payment Toward Equity Act fulfills a campaign promise from the Biden administration to give Americans down payment assistance for purchasing quality housing. Whenever the word government uses the word quality, you should your, your, your sensor should go off. 
First introduced in 2021, the White House reaffirmed the cash grant program in President Biden's 2024 fiscal year budget proposal. The art, this article simplifies the Down Payment Toward Equity Act. We show which first-time buyers qualify for the cash grant and how you can claim it and when to expect the breakthrough bill to be available. It says, what is the program's current status? As of April 20th, 2023, the $25,000 first-time homebuyer grant remains a bill. Homebuyer.com maintains a page. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Maxine Waters authored the House version of the bill, which has 64 co-sponsors. Senator Raphael Warnock authored the Senate version of the bill, which has six co-sponsors. The bill's time... Okay, this is just an explainer. I actually just grabbed this before I came on the program. The Down Payment Toward Equity Act provides eligible first-time homebuyers up to $25,000 for cash for, for a down payment on a home, closing costs on a mortgage, interest rate reductions via discount points, and other home purchase expenses. So basically, we're, we're creating another giveaway program, but we're actually penalizing people who have good credit with a fee, a tax, headline fortune. Credit scoring is pseudoscience, and it perpetuates the consequences of slavery and segregation. Oh. After decades of unchecked influence creep, credit scores, a pseudoscientific amalgam of risk factors calculated by a handful of private companies, now impact virtually every aspect of modern life, often for the worse. These OPEC uh, three-digit scales were conceived as a race-neutral, data-driven measurement of a person's credit worthiness. Today, it's the financial fingerprint used by lenders to assess the risk of default by employers uh, to evaluate the reliability of job applicants, by landlords to screen tenants, and by insurers and utilities to set rates. Your credit score is the shadow you never asked for and can't outrun. However, the algorithms and underlying data that is fed to them have been corrupted by generations of systemic oppression and financial exclusion of people of color. Instead of removing race from lending, credit scores have become a direct proxy for it. Sixty years after the federal government uh, barred lenders from denying credit based on a person's race or where they live, America's homeownership gap remains virtually untouched. Why? Our broken credit scoring system excludes and punishes people of color. Well, why don't we do this? Let's stop telling people to put their race down on every single application for something. Who created that one? Huh? Who created that one? In our race-obsessed society and culture, we demand. Tell me what you are. And that was sold as a benefit. Well, if we've got a good quota system here, if you're black or Hispanic or biracial, or whatever it is, you might get a leg up. How would these how would these credit scoring companies know who they're dealing with? And are you telling me that black people with good credit are somehow getting a bad credit score because they're black? This is idiotic. It's idiotic. But of course it has something to do with slavery. It has nothing to do with slavery. You know, for a bunch of people on the left who want a record of everything you say online and they want to use it to cancel you whenever they get a chance. When you take out a credit card, let's say, when you take out a credit card, 
you're making an agreement to borrow somebody else's money. See, credit credit is not a right, and it is not it is not supplemental income. I mean, I mean that's how the Democrats view it. The assumption of credit is that you are buying something today that you don't have enough money for currently, so you will make payments with a fee of interest for the service of using the money. That's what credit is, whether you're a business, an individual, or even the government, right? We have a debt, $31.5 trillion. There is some. There is a service fee for that, whether it's from foreign governments or private lenders or bondholders or whoever it is. Stop me when I say something inaccurate. When I say the arguments on this radio program cannot be broken, all I ask, all I ask is that you show me, you demonstrate, you point out where I've been factually inaccurate. I'm not giving you my opinion here. I'm telling you what is. That's what credit is. Now, maybe through wokeness and you know equity and all these other nonsensical terms, the government is turning the system of credit, which is assumes that you're going to pay it back, and before somebody lends you the money, they want to see if you are a good risk. That's a credit score. So if you've got a credit card that you've been delinquent on payments for months at a time, or you've defaulted on loans, or you don't you don't pay your student loan back or your car payment or whatever it is. Well, that's going to that's going to paint a picture of your use of credit. And if your use of credit is bad, you might be a, a risk not worth taking. And if you are going to be a risk worth taking, it might cost more for you to borrow the money, in other words, to weigh against the risk, the fee that you use. This is now being labeled racist. How is it racist? What is racist about that? Nothing is racist about that. And if you're going to say, well, People of color use credit differently. How so? How so? Explain to me. Because credit is not a race-based thing. It's a behavioral thing. It's a habitual thing. You say, well, what if people can't afford to pay back their loan? That's why they have bad credit scores. Well, then, damn, by all means, give them even more money that they won't pay back. You know, part of this, the the left in this country is in complete denial that some people are not good at these things and that some people actually just suck at life. They just suck at life and it has nothing to do with their race or their religion or their sexual orientation. If you're a bank and people put money in their accounts knowing full well that the interest that they're going to get on those accounts is going to be predicated on the bank making loans. Would any of you, if it was your, how many of you would lend money? Let me ask you something. If this is about a race thing, I'd like to speak to someone who's not white, who if they were running a lending institution, would give money to people they know aren't going to pay it back. Or they would lend money to people without any any background information on them? Well, hi there, Joe. Here's a bunch of money. Uh, pay it back whenever. That's not how this works. Wine 695 Patriot 957 
we're going to get into this issue of the IRS agent who is now seeking whistleblower protections as it relates to the Hunter Biden probe being mishandled. And I don't think the media, if this person has evidence that they were being told to stand down in the face of, uh, of evidence that Hunter Biden was illegally selling access to his father and profiting from it, I mean, whoever this person is, they might disappear. You know, Jeffrey Epstein didn't hang himself. Weintick, 695 Patriot, 9572874. We are right, they are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program can not be broken. Serious XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilcom Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Serious XM Patriot, Channel 125. <laughs>